So, how do we start a podcast? Okay, so um, I guess with a podcast, you could start by like having like a jingle, like a dee 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 dee, maybe, or just be like. <laughs> the super peel out where hedgehogs go fast and the canon doesn't matter that's right the canon is like getting good endings when you have all the time stones i'm jt duckman and i'm hogas and we're talking about sonic cd today everyone likes the super peel out but it's just actually a worse spin dash so, so like just as an explanation the super peel out is like the move from I guess the cartoon where like his legs do like an infinity symbol, it's like a yeah. There's a yeah. he does he does the figure eight, and it originated in Sonic CD. Yeah, and was also put in Sonic Mania. Mania just um, does everything. Yeah, Mania just has everything. And I think it was in like uh, one of the cartoons or something as well. Yeah, I don't know where it originated. Probably either originated yeah as either part of the cartoons or from the. Uh, Maybe they took it as inspiration from the intro of Sonic CD. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't yeah. know if he actually, I don't actually know if he does the super peel out in the intro for Sonic CD, but I think he does. SMH, neither of us have the entire Sonic CD intro memorized. Where the where the hell to start with Sonic CD? It's kind of like I guess the black horse of the Sonic games, or that's not the right word. I guess the black the black sheep of the Sonic black games. black sheep, yeah. <laughs> It is. I do think that Sonic CD has a lot of interesting ideas. It's funny because the whole the whole sort of public perception of Sonic CD. I remember when people talked about Sonic CD like it was one of the greatest Sonic games ever made. Uh, how it was up there? A lot. I remember back in the earlier Sonic Internet days, a lot of people said Sonic CD was the best classic Sonic. Nowadays, that public perception's kind of flipped over, and now it's seen as one of the weakest Sonic games. More like one, in that there's, it's slower, and there's puzzle stuff. It just doesn't yeah. show with where the series went after that. Absolutely. Well, the interesting thing is, and I'm sure you know, but Sonic CD is pretty much the eastern Sonic 2. Because, well, sort of. So, I mean, there's there's some semantics here, obviously. But, basically, Sonic 2 was developed by Sega Technical Institute. To do a brief, brief Sonic history lesson here. So, Sonic 1 was created by Naoto Oshima and Yuji Naka. Uh, Yuji Naka was, like, a programmer. And Naoto Oshima was the art designer. And they had a couple other guys working. Obviously, it wasn't a two-man project for the first Sonic game. But then, Naoto Oshima decided to stay in Sonic Team, keep making Sonic or do whatever the hell Sega wanted them to do. But Yuji Naka was fed up with this. He's like, I made Fantasies, or not Fantasies, I'm Fantasy Star for the Master System. I made Sonic. Sega ain't doing much. Help me out here. He had his own personal reasons. He's like, I'm out. I'm leaving Sega. And he was going to leave Sega of Japan. And as he was leaving Sega of Japan, some guys from Sega of America were all like, Hey, you want to work for Sega of America? We're cooler than Japan. We're in San Francisco. And so Yuji Naka went over to the studio, checked it out, thought, yeah, you know, I could work here. And he moved from working at Sega to working at Sega. And that's where Yuji Naka, and he brought a couple of his, like, best his best workers his best men and they all flew to san francisco to work with sega technical institute on sonic 2 and that was how sonic 2 was developed it was a joint collaboration one of the very first joint collaborations between japan and america on a like on a big video game release now during that time sega of japan wasn't just sitting around letting sega of america make sonic 2 they were making their own sonic game with naoto oshima and some other guys, and his lads, and that's Sonic CD. So technically, both Sonic CD and Sonic 2 are sequels to Sonic 1, just in very distinct, different ways, I guess. Sonic CD feels like an alternate reality Sonic 2, and I guess that's kind of what it is. Yeah, exactly. I think the first thing we should talk about is probably one of the most 
famous things about Sonic CD, and that's obviously the soundtracks. Yeah, so Sonic CD has two different soundtracks for reasons that I don't actually know. <laughs> but uh, there's the original Japanese soundtrack, and then there's the uh, American soundtrack, which is yep. uh, a thing. <laughs> yes! I watched a video on development of Sonic CD, and there's... Basically, I think the reason why there were two soundtracks was... Because Sonic CD was on the Sega CD, and when the Sega CD came out, one of the big things that it toted was because the games were on CDs, you got CD quality audio. Uh, you got to use a lot of the disk space on really good audio. And so Sega of Japan had their sound team really get creative, and they took a lot of inspiration from Western pop music, because Sonic is a very popular franchise in the West. It's not as popular in Japan as it is in the West, so they were like, you know, we're going we're gonna to take a lot of inspiration from like Michael Jackson, to another pop music from the 80s, early 90s. We're going to take a lot of music like that, and we're going to base our soundtrack around it. And that's what they did. But for some reason, yeah, I think just Sega of America was like, we kind of want to have our compo- or our music team do our own thing, and they decided to take their own spin at it. And they both have very different takes, because Sonic is a little darker in the West, as opposed to his happy-go-lucky Japanese nature. And I feel that Sonic CD's U.S. soundtrack kind of changes the match that time. I mean, have you heard that boss music? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, the, yeah, the boss music is... <laughs> the, the nightmare-inducing boss music, I think, kind of ruins the U.S. soundtrack for me. I cannot stand it. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think this is kind of where we interestingly differ, because... Uh, your region used the Japanese soundtrack, right? In the original, I don't know. I want to say no. Um, really? Mm, yeah, I wouldn't know. I think back then we would just get the US versions. I mean, we would have PAL stuff, but I don't know how that worked with uh, Sega CD. I would need to look into it, I guess. I have, yeah, I have heard that um, Australia kind of is a melting pot of just having everything from everywhere just kind of dumped there in terms of, like, video game media and content. And it's just, like, sometimes you get the PAL version, sometimes you get the U.S. version, sometimes you get Japanese imports, sometimes you just get whatever. So I actually, that actually is interesting. I didn't know that. I don't know which version Australia got. I mean, uh, the one on Gems Collection, did that have both soundtracks, or was it U.S. only? Okay, here's the interesting thing that I learned firsthand about Gems Collection's version of Sonic CD. I obviously own the U.S. version of Sonic Gems Collection because I live in America. That's what we have here. And that version has the U.S. soundtrack. Now, don't quote me on this, but I do believe both soundtracks are present on the disc, but the game uses some sort I uh, maybe not the maybe not the GameCube version because it did also come out on PS2 outside of America. America did not get the PS2 version of Sonic Gems collection for some reason, but Japan and Europe did. The interesting thing about that is I was like, "Oh, I have uh I have a hacked PS2. I could get the PS2 version of Sonic Gems collection to see if I could play Sonic CD with a different soundtrack." I got it. I put it on my hacked PS2. And the soundtrack was still the U.S. one. And I think it has both soundtracks on the disc, and it depends on your consoles or region settings which one plays. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's dumb. Yeah. Which do you okay. prefer? Uh, yeah, like I said, uh, I think that the, the, the boss music just kind of ruins the U.S. soundtrack, so I'm all for the Japanese soundtrack now. But uh, yeah, the one on Gems Collection for me was also the U.S. soundtrack. Interesting. Alright. That's really interesting, actually. I thought we would have experienced Sonic City for the first time with different soundtracks. I guess not. Well, I mean, I um, emulated it, I think, at first. Oh. Maybe... <laughs> no, 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 no. I played the Gems Collection version, and then I think I just decided to emulate it to try the Japanese soundtrack. Yeah. My first time playing with the Japanese soundtrack was with the Christian Whitehead port on mobile. I remember thinking it was... A really weird soundtrack at first, but since then it's definitely grown a lot on me. Because I obviously grew up and was used to the U.S. soundtrack, and while obviously I don't think Sonic CD's U.S. soundtrack wins any awards overall, my overall tastes with the different soundtracks of Sonic CD 
pretty much differs on a zone-to-zone basis. There's some zones where I heavily prefer the Japanese one. There's some zones where I heavily prefer the U.S. one. And there are some zones where it doesn't really matter. Either one is fine. Like Stardust Speedway, you can go U.S. or Japanese. It's going to be a banger. It's going to be good. But then there are some where it's like Collision Chaos. Collision Chaos's Japanese soundtrack is like this super upbeat, peppy kind of like pop song. And then the U.S. version is just this weird, like, screechy, like, cold-sounding, weird, just, noise. I think um, you could I never, definitely call the U.S. weird. <laughs> I, honestly, I wish that there was a custom version of Sonic City where you could just choose which song plays for each zone hmm. versus just going all or nothing. Because, like I said, there's some, some I prefer Japan, some I prefer America. I like them both. You could kind of do both. that with an emulated version. I do believe there is a tool that can change the audio for yeah, I think there is. Sonic CD, for Sega CD emulators, or if you want to burn it to a real CD and play it on a real Mega CD. Yeah, like I think, no, now you mentioned that there are a couple of uh, not very exciting tracks. Yeah, and then the past music is all the same, regardless of region. Which is kind of funny, if you ask me. Brings us to our next sort of topic about Sonic CD. And that is the gameplay of Sonic CD. What about it is, the, uh, it... the anime opening? Oh, I mean, we could, yeah, the anime opening does exist. We can't touch on that. It's cool. Because um, that, was, that was animated by Toei, right? I don't remember. I believe it was animated by Toei. Yeah, and I guess and... that's another uh, difference with the soundtracks is um, the US version has the iconic sonic boom. Yeah. And uh, the Japanese one has Toot Toot. Toot Toot Sonic Warrior. They're, they're both good, I guess. I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I kind of prefer Toot Toot Sonic Warrior. Sonic, you can do anything kind over Sonic Boom. Oh, it's so cheesy. That's why I love it. So cheesy and upbeat. Sonic Boom sounds it's it's a very hype song, but I, maybe it's just because I've heard it so much that it's lost its its sort of luster to me. Like I guess if I play Sonic CD now, I'll play overall with the Japanese soundtrack, and I think that that's just mostly because I've played with the U.S. soundtrack tons of times. Just playing with the Japanese soundtrack gives you something new to listen to. I think you could do anything works better with a credits theme, though. Yeah. Well, to be fair, the ending version of Sonic Boom, I like that version better than the intro version. It's like a much chiller rendition of Sonic Boom. I guess while we're still on the topic of Sonic music, there was in the early 90s in America, there was an album release of Sonic CD's soundtrack called Sonic Boom. And well, I say Sonic CD, but it also included remixes and renditions of music from Sonic Spinball, because that was another Western-developed Sonic game. With a great soundtrack. It's definitely enhanced renditions. It's not just the original Mega Drive, like, bleeps and bloops. Especially not for Sonic Spinball, because, who boy, that game soundtrack. It's not bad. I actually enjoy Sonic Spinball soundtrack, but I can definitely understand the criticisms towards it. But that's another topic for another day. Oh, yeah. Uh, for another episode. Day. But the CD, Sonic Boom has full versions of both the intro and ending themes for Sonic CD that aren't in the actual game itself. The closing version of Sonic Boom, the full version, is a really good listen, honestly, if you ask me. To the intro. Have you seen the intro on the original version of Sonic CD, as opposed to any of the re-releases? Yeah. Because I I think that it's a really interesting thing that well maybe it wasn't interesting at the time but nowadays it's interesting because i grew up with sonic gems collection which uses the pc version of sonic cd uh have you which i guess while we while i said it have you even played the pc version of sonic cd no like i said i played it on emulator and i played the uh gems collection version i haven't played the pc version 
Okay, cool. Me either. I haven't played the PC version either. Cool. So I have it on Sega CD, and I also have Gems Collection, and then I've played the Christian Whitehead version. But on Gems Collection and the Christian Whitehead version, they use the actual, like, original animation from Toei as the intro. But the original Sega CD version, since it's obviously unable to render video of the quality of the Gems Collection and Question Whitehead version, it's a lot lower resolution and a lot lower color depth, as well as just lower frame rate altogether. And I always thought that was kind of shocking. I was like, what? The version of Sonic CD on the Sega CD isn't like the one on Gems Collection? The whole reason why the intro exists is just to show off the Sega CD's FMV capabilities. Yeah, and it's a nice um, It is. It's a lovely animation. I honestly wish more animations like it were made. Well, Mania did an animated intro. Mania's intro is really good, I will say. It's a really well animated, but it's very clearly inspired by the, the Toei Sonic. And I feel that because it's inspired by the Toei Sonic, that's why it's so good. Because Toei Sonic, the animation just was really good. Toei didn't even animate the OVA. They didn't animate anything after that. They just did that one animation job for Sonic CD and just kind of, that was it. I wish they did more. Let's talk about the real meat and potatoes of Sonic CD, and that is the game itself. Like I mentioned, it's more like one where it's like quite slow. Like, especially if you have to get all the time stones. You spend ages going about these <laughs> huge areas. Yeah, Sonic CD's level design is very interesting. Sonic CD is not designed to be played like any other classic Sonic game. Any other one, well, I would say. you can still press forward to win. <laughs> you absolutely can. You absolutely can. And that's exactly how I first played Sonic CD. That's how I played Sonic CD a lot of times as a kid, was I just held forward, ran to the end of the levels, and just kind of played through the game like that. The thing is that if you do that, then it's just a really short and easy experience, because Sonic CD... All of its levels, except for the very last level, have no bottomless pits. There are no ways you can die from falling out of the stage except for the very last level. And the reason is so you can take risks of jumping and explore. Because there's still definitely a lot of speed traps in Sonic CD. Don't get me wrong, speed traps are everywhere. A lot of its level design is very open. Sonic level design for 1, 2, and 3 are also rather open. CDs, like, takes that to the next extreme, in my opinion. Yeah, like, uh, I definitely remember trying to get the good ending, where you have to, uh, basically go to... There's time travel in this game. <laughs> go to the Yes, past. there's time travel in this game! Go to the past in every level and find, like, the machine thing where Metal Sonic is and tell them to go see her. And I think that's it. I think there's maybe one other thing you need to do, I don't really remember. And then you get the good future uh, version of that level, and... It takes a long time to find yes. this. Oh my god, it absolutely does. Especially in one of them, I do believe, Wacky Workbench. That hell of a zone. Want to get to the robot capsule, I think you actually have to get crushed by one of the crusher things. And it will, like, push you up into where the robot capsule is. So that's fun. <laughs> There's a whole lot of just weird exploration in Sonic CD. And the, because, the yes, levels are these, lovely, though. The levels are absolutely beautiful, for the time, obviously. The art design in Sonic CD is very colorful. And there's lots of detail. Uh, yeah, there are lots of detail. I still think Sonic CD is, like, tied with, uh, with something like Knuckles Chaotix as, like, the best-looking classic Sonic game. Well, I guess now Mania is the best-looking classic Sonic game, but that's kind of in its own existence. Mania is also after, like... 20 years of... Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's also 20 years later. Yeah, it's a so... good point with Chaotix. I uh, never really thought to compare them, but you're right. They do have, like, similar art style with, like, things looping yeah. around and coming off of, like, all sorts of little accessories on the platforms and things. Yeah, and they're both just very colorful. Hmm. Some levels, maybe too colorful. Like, have you seen that one special stage? Yeah, I think it's special stage... It's like the second to last one or the last one for Sonic CD. The sky is literally just rainbows, dude. 
actually just rainbows. Isn't there one that has like a neon green sky? Uh, probably. There's yeah, so, uh... so the special stages in Sonic City. We we will we'll, we'll get to those, but okay, okay. special stages are great. Anyways, gameplay. So first Sonic game with time travel, right? What's well, the only Sonic game with time travel? Well, this is yeah, this is the first Sonic game with. Well, I mean, I guess there aren't any Sonic games with time travel. Well, can you consider Sonic Generations as having time travel? Does it? I mean, technically. It's been so long since I played it, I don't even remember. I thought it was an alternate universe thing, but... Actually, no, come to think of it, there was the Time Eater, so, I mean, I guess... Yeah, it's supposed, it's supposed to, I think it's supposed to be time travel. But they retconned it in forces to it, so it's an alternate universe. Or an... Or, or excuse me, it's another dimension. That makes more sense, but at the same time, I would uh, be reluctant right. to consider anything in forces canon. Yeah, that, that, I can't wait for our Forces episode. That'll be fun. <gasps> so yeah, you can go to the past and the future in Sonic CD. You do have to change the future by doing things in the past. But I always thought that that was... I always felt like you could have done more with that idea. Because that's the main problem that I personally have with Sonic CD. There are four versions of every level in the game. There's the past version, the present version, the good future, and the bad future. Two of those versions are completely pointless to go to in any playthrough. If you are just trying to run to the end, you could just spend your entire time in the present. If you are trying to 100% the game and get the best ending, you only need to go to the past. To make the good future. So you really just spend most of the time. In the game. In the past. I always wished that. There was some reason or incentive. That you. That you should go to. The future. In Sonic CD. Because there isn't any. But at the same time. It's already takes so long. To get the time stones. And find the capsules. Uh... Yeah. But I mean. If I could direct a remake of Sonic CD, or if I could add a new feature to it, I would add some reason to go to the future. There could be, like, a level design idea where, like, you have to go to the past to do something, and then that opens something in the future, so you have to keep going back and forth. Because, as current Sonic CD is, pretty much what you do is the level starts, you're in the present, and you're just like, oh god, oh god, you go forward. If you hit a future sign, you're like, oh god, oh god, oh god, don't go to the future, don't go to the future. Because if you go to a bad Waste level, time. bad futures are always harder. There's more enemies, darker color palette, harder level design, more traps. You don't want to go to the bad future. So if you get a future gate, you're always just trying to get rid of it. You're trying to get rid of your freaking future travel. And if you have a past thing, then you're just like, okay, gotta go to the past. And then you go to the past, and then you go look around for ten minutes. For the robot capsule, and I think there's also a Metal Sonic projector. I don't know if the oh, Metal right. Sonic projector... Yeah, those are two different things. I got confused. I don't know what the Metal Sonic projector actually does if you break only the Metal Sonic projector. I think how it works is you can break either or. But I always interpret it as you have to break both, so I always I look for both. I both, too. Maybe we'll have to look this up. Yeah, we might. Yeah, we might have to look this up. I always thought it was both, but I think it's an either or. I think you can either break the Metal Sonic or the Robot Capsule. The good thing about the Robot Capsule is that it kind of does take that concept of changing the future because breaking the Robot Capsule kills all the enemies in the future because they stop being made. And I believe killing the Metal Sonic, the Metal Sonic projector, makes animals bounce around in the present and future. But I was like, you could do more with it. There should be, like, some special collectible that you could only get in the the, or the future. Just some reason to go there. Because it feels like every time, once you go to the past, then you're set. Because that's where all the things are. And if you get a future gate in the past, you're just like, oh, Jesus, it's just like being in the present. You don't want to go back to the freaking present if you still are looking for the items. It's just a weird. And then, obviously, the funniest thing is, is that you don't even need to get the best ending, um... By breaking all that stuff, because if you do get all the time stones by completing all the special stages, then it makes all of your futures good. So you don't even need to look for anything. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. It's just, there's a lot of weird, interesting mechanics that show off the level design of uh, Sonic CD. 
and really use the explorative nature of the game to its fullest. Or, well, maybe not to its fullest, but, like, to its mediumist. But it feels like for every interesting design choice that they put in, they make a questionable design choice right next to it. And that's why Sonic City is a very bizarre game. And I feel like that's why a lot of people don't like it now, is because a lot of of fans of things are just a whole lot more critical about things. And if there are a lot of questionable design choices, people point them out more often. But I personally just think that Sonic CD should just have just some minor tweaks to it that could really flesh out the whole explorative level design. So, why does Eggman have the time stones? (laughs) Because I was just thinking about the story. Wait, what's the lore of this game? Sonic CD actually does have a lot of lore. And, oh boy, you did bring it up. If I recall correctly, Sonic CD's story involves Eggman? Okay, it involves this planet called Little Planet that appears for some reason over, like, a lake. And Amy's over there doing something. And Amy's name is mistranslated as Sally in the U.S. version. So that's fun. So you think it's Sally Acorn, and it's not. It's Amy. But... I forgot she was in this game. Yeah, this is the first appearance of Amy Rose in Metal Sonic. And Metal Sonic is dope. He's my favorite Sonic character. And Amy's cool, too, I guess. Uh, <laughs> oh, we can talk uh, about how there are, like, 15 different Metal Sonics. <laughs> oh, my God, there are. There's Mecha Sonic, Metal Sonic, Silver Sonic, Me- Metal Sonic version 3 or whatever from freaking Sonic... Rivals 2. There's so many Metal Sonics. Neo Metal Sonic. Anyways. So, Sonic City's plot. Basically, giant planet shows up. It's got some stones in it. Shows up every once every, like, sometime, like, hundred years, I want to say. So this planet shows up, and then Eggman's like, this is mine now. Free real estate. And he, like, chains it. So the whole game of Sonic City takes place on Little Planet. And it's you trying to break Eggman away from trying to industrialize it. And instead, make it all happy, friend, happy time. Fix the broken timelines. Never do plots with timelines and time travel, kids. Just never do it. That's the plot. Yeah, I was only thinking about the plot because uh, I figured we got to talk about the Metal Sonic fight. And then it's like, wait, we do. Up to that? You forgot Eggman was at the game, but I guess the entire point she gets kidnapped by Metal Sonic or something like that. Yeah, she she gets kidnapped by Metal Sonic. If we're gonna talk about that, we should just we should just go through all the zones, dude. Good, but like, is there much to say? That's why we could go through all of them pretty quickly. Because Palm Tree Panic, it's Green Hill Zone. <laughs> Always gonna have one. It's Green Hill Zone, but with palm trees. Wait, Green Hill Zone already had palm trees. Never mind. It's Green Hill Zone. I'm trying to think of literally anything. I mean, Son- or Palm Tree Panic has that thing at the start where the screen sort of goes vertical for some reason or sonic runs up that slope but you see like the top of him oh yeah it has that 3d effect doesn't it yeah there's that one time the only time in the game where it happens right there other than that yeah it's green hill zone got nothing else really to say palm tree panic's boss is really easy but i mean like it's easy for first boss standards he can't even hurt you dude his little it's the guy with the little bumper bumper hands like, one, he has bumper hands that don't hurt you and just bounce you back. Two, he takes three hits to die. And three, the game gives you an invincibility power-up right before the fight. It's really, really easy. Oh, I, I always thought that was funny. Wiki, and it says, uh, in Palm Tree Paddock, Amy Rose is hugging about it. She can hug you. I remember that. Oh, yeah, she can. She can. She can hug Sonic. So, that's Palm Tree Panic. Green Hill Zone, except with an even easier first boss. I mean, when it comes to the soundtrack between those two, I feel like they're pretty equal. The US version has all that guitar, the acoustic guitar, and then the Japanese one has sort of what sounds like kids screaming yeah. in it. Yeah, they're like, yeah! Pretty much whenever Palm Tree Panic is in any other Sonic game, whenever any Sonic game says they have the song from Palm Tree Panic in it, it's always the freaking Japanese version. Which always confused me as a kid, because I didn't know the Japanese version had a different soundtrack at the time. So I was like, this isn't Palm Tree Panic. And the good future, the good future song for Palm Tree Panic, the kids just actually sound like they're being chased by someone. They sound like they're screaming, like, not in the happy way. 
So, Collision Chaos. Round two. It's just or Sissy zone two. Sorta? I mean, there's no slots. It is the pinball level. It's the trademark pinball level, but it is not a casino level, I don't believe. That level sucks, by the way. It's I mean, really... The pinball levels always suck. Well... I mean, Casino Night's alright. Ring Yard Zone was kind of like the pinball level of Sonic 1, and that was an okay level. But I just feel like a lot of the problems about Palm Tree Panic, or not Palm, Collision Chaos, is that Collision Chaos just kind of has all of those bumpy things. There's a bunch of points in it where it's literally just an empty field with nothing but springs, as far as the eye can see. Mm. And the springs just bounce you up into a freaking bumper, which bounces you somewhere else. You have no control over anything, and it's the worst, especially if you're just trying to explore to find the dumb robot capsule. That's Palm Tree, or why do I keep calling it freaking Palm Tree Panic? Collision Chaos, it's probably one of my least favorite zones in that game. And the fact that it comes right after Palm Tree Panic means that kind of the pacing of the game just takes a dead-ass halt. Just stops. Well, it's also got um, those uh, Mantis enemies that are sort of like the ones in Metropolis. Yeah, those those were there, but if I recall correctly, they aren't as deadly, I think. I don't know how you do it, but I do think that you can reflect their saucer blades. I don't remember how you do it, if you just jump into it or not. Or fall into it, or I have no idea. You need a shield. I don't know, but I do remember there have been times where you could bounce the blades off of you. So uh, it's all coming back to me now, just seeing this map and the twenty springs in a row. And like, yes, it's awful. Twenty bumpers, and then the same thing again. Yeah, the level design on that level is not that great. And then the boss for that zone. Oh God, the boss for that zone. That zone's boss is also the worst. Because it's the it's the pinball table. You have to launch yourself up at the top of it. And it's entirely chance. That boss can take you 5 minutes or 15 minutes. I remember that taking it, a very long time, yeah. Yeah, because you just gotta hope to God that you actually hit where you need to go. I don't think there's anything else really of worth to talk about Collision Chaos. Besides the fact that the very beginning of that level, Metal Sonic just yeets Amy away from you. That's where she gets kidnapped. And also, I've already mentioned... Japanese soundtrack for that level is dope. U.S. version is not. And then the third level, I believe, is Title Tempest. Yeah, just the generic water level. It's basically yeah, just labyrinth. It pretty much is just labyrinth, except there's a volcano in the background at the beginning. And it does nothing. But I always remember that volcano for some reason. Set pieces in Sonic City are great. Yeah, uh, I, mean, yeah I guess it uh, makes you think that this is sort of like an ancient area. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always love the backgrounds to the 2D Sonic games. It feels always just like a very fleshed-out world. But we could probably do a whole episode just on that. Backgrounds. Yeah, Sonic backgrounds. Tidal Tempest, just a water level. Yeah, I don't even think it does anything that interesting with the water mechanics. It's just, yeah, that's the water level. Sonic Z doesn't have the drowning theme in it, though. The classic anxiety-inducing drowning theme from Sonic. And I instead, I... That, uh, sorry. What? No, no, you're good. I just that um, the gems collection had a bug where the water in Tidal Tempest was clear. It's supposed to be colored. I think you are right. Sonic Gems Collection's port of Sonic CD. Honestly, Sonic Gems Collection's port of all their games are kind of weird. The problem is about Sonic CD as a whole is it's a very janky Sonic game. The physics are weird. There's a lot of jank, no matter which version you're playing. Uh, I guess maybe if you're playing the Quiet version, you'll be good. But if you're playing the Gems Collection version, or especially the original Sega CD version, there's a lot of weird jank physics problems. Like, Sonic can clip through hills or walls sometimes if you go at it too fast. It just feels kind of weird. The spin dash doesn't work how it should. But you do got the super peel out. Yeah. <laughs> so there's bunch of enemies that are kind of cute. Yeah, the title tempest really does nothing interesting. It's just the water level. I do though like the U.S. soundtrack for Title Tempest. That song's a slapper for Title Tempest present. 
It, that is some funky music. I would prefer that well over the kind of atmospheric business that was going on with the Japanese soundtrack. And then the boss for Tidal Tempest, I believe, is just Eggman using bubbles as a shield, which, if you think about it, is really dumb because he's literally protecting himself with the things that help you. So, Didn't yeah. Sonic 3 do that as well? So, wait, Sonic 3? Was it Sonic 3? Maybe I'm thinking of Mania. I think you're thinking of Mania. I think Sonic 3 has a very similar... I think Sonic 2 and Sonic 3 have have bosses where there's Eggman that surrounds himself with something. But I think in Sonic 2 and Sonic 3, the things that he surrounds himself with are, like, actually deadly. Like, things that hurt you. Whereas in Sonic CD, it's just bubbles. It's just bubbles. Bubbles. And then after that, I believe, is Quartz Quadrant? Question mark? Is yeah. that the next zone? Okay, cool. I think that's a really interesting level theme. It's our first original level theme in Sonic CD, considering we've got generic Green Hill, generic Pinball, generic Water, and now we have something unique, because it's a quartz mine. I guess you could kind of compare it to, whatchamacallit, it's a Mystic Cave Zone, mm. but they were both kind of, both Sonic CD and Sonic 2 were in development at the same time, so technically Quartz Quadrant is a unique original idea. And it's a cool level. There's, like, conveyor belts and stuff, right? Yeah, there's those puzzle elements. Sort of. Yeah, I think it's a good level. There's a lot of fun platforming sections. There's, like, this weird open space in the middle where you can, like, climb up, and I think that's where the robot capsule is. I think it's cool. Not really much else to say. Well, you got those than... cubes. Uh, what, what cubes? Cubes. Tubes, not cubes. Sorry, my bad. Oh, yeah, there are those, the tubes, the little spinny tubes, right? Yeah, I think Okay. Uh, Mania used those for, like, metallic madness or something like that. Yeah. Those are cool. You always gotta enjoy Sonic little set pieces. Cool spinny things. Yeah. What the hell was the boss for that zone? The boss for that zone, I think... Oh, it was the conveyor boat guy. That's the one where you run on the conveyor boat and you don't actually attack it, you just have to wait him out. Yeah, the boring one. <laughs> yeah, honestly, rather a boring boss fight because, yeah, it's literally just dodging things that he drops and then uh, hoping that you don't just kind of get bounced into the spikes at the back. And it doesn't take that long, too. After that, I believe it's Wacky Workbench, and everyone hates Wacky Workbench. Well, no it's one likes interesting, it. but yeah, it's just annoying. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess when it comes to soundtrack for uh, Quartz Quadrant, or not, yeah, for Quartz Quadrant, I honestly don't remember Quartz Quadrant's Japanese theme. But I do think I like the U.S. version better, because I think it's... That's the funky one. Yeah, it is the funky one. No, wait! Am I thinking of Wacky Workbench? Frick. I'm a fake fan, guys. I can't tell the difference between the Wacky Workbench and Quartz Quadrant music from uh, Sonic CD. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> anyway, so, Wacky Workbench. No one likes that stage because of the freaking bouncing. A freaking the floor on that stage literally just launches you to the top of the stage. Which honestly isn't too bad, but the problem is is that there are like ceiling walls that kinda like block you off. Like I feel like Quartz Quadrant or not <laughs> Wacky Workbench I feel like Wacky Workbench would be a lot more socially accepted of a Sonic stage if there weren't a whole bunch of like ceiling walls that block you off. So you always have to like try to get low. And try to, like, platform over underneath the wall so that you can actually progress. And if you slip up, then you bounce all the way up to the top of the stage and gotta go do everything again. Then there's all those electric little digger dirt. Yeah, those are annoying. There's just a whole lot of annoyances. That's why no one likes that stage. Then also the uh, secret room with the statue. Yeah, there was the secret room with the statue. I'm surprised because we brought that up. Because that's not really too known of an easter egg in Sonic. Well, you know, you always want to find all the yeah, cool secrets. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta be as thorough as possible with these episodes. We're gonna freaking talk about every... We're gonna spend an entire episode talking exclusively about... <laughs> I don't I don't know. Spagonian Daylife when we get to Sonic Unleashed. <laughs> We're gonna be as thorough as possible. Anyways, Sonic CD's... Wacky Workbench boss. That's the one where it bounces. That's the big, like, drill guy. That boss was alright. I mean, there's better bosses, but Sonic CD's boss does its purpose. Though the one thing about that boss that always scared me was that 
Because that's the one where you stand on, it drills up in the wall, and then a bunch of, like, icicles. Rock icicles. Stalagmites. Those things. Those things. Start falling from the sky and try to spike you, and then some blocks fall, and then the platform bounces up, and then you ride the blocks up to hit the boss. The thing is that Sonic's weight actually affects how high the blocks go. So, as a kid, what I would always try to do is on the last hit, just to make sure I could hit Eggman, I would always jump from one block to the next, like, in midair, like, after it gets launched. But the thing is that that would always launch me, like, it wouldn't have Sonic's weight on it, the second block I would land on. So it would always overshoot, and I would always get crushed by the ceiling, because he didn't weigh down the block when it would get launched up. So it just kind of careened towards the ceiling and killed me. So as a kid, I never really liked that boss, because I was always scared of it, because I didn't want to die. But other than that, once I figured out, oh, you just stand on the same block and then just jump on him and then he dies then. Because he dies in one hit. Yeah, that boss is easy. And then after Wacky Workbenches, Stardust Speedway? Yeah, and that's where we um, get to race Battle Sonic. Yeah! Everyone's, everyone's favorite zone at Sonic CD is Stardust Speedway. Just for that. It, it truly is. Its music is the best. Its level design is, I mean, it's pretty maze-like. There's a lot of weird tubes you gotta, like, navigate through. Super maze-like, but... And there's also, like, these weird little things that flip you between the foreground and the background, which are weird, and only in Stardust Speedway. Is it other than that... It might be. So Stardust Speedway, everyone loves it. It's got, like, really well, like art design with it being like this weird bronze road with like horns coming out of it. Why are there horns coming out of it? The trumpets, yeah. Yeah, but who cares? It looks cool. And like spotlights in the sky. Yeah, it's just it's just the coolest. And then also has the coolest boss fight where it's uh, you versus Metal Sonic. Where, yeah, you're just, you go to the beginning and Robotnik just kind of flies over you and shoots a death laser a couple times, and then you're off! Yeah, so race Metal Sonic, and he tries to zap you and stuff. <laughs> yeah, basically, you just kind of run with him. And if he gets in front of you, he does his little slowdown electric attack. And if you get too far ahead, he does his super zoom... I forgot what it's called. He has like a... It's like maximum overdrive or something. The one where, like, that. it looks like he's about to grab you? Yeah, the one where it looks like he's about to just, like, actually pile drive into you. Everyone um, likes that. Yeah, everyone, everyone likes that stage. Yeah, and that level and that boss fight. And then, yeah, Robotnik, or Eggman. I just called him Robotnik. Frick, I'm an American. Eggman following you with the insta-kill death laser. That was always something that spooked me. When we uh, do Sonic 1, we should explain the Robotnik Eggman thing. Probably should. But yeah, Star Speedway's cool. Don't touch Eggman's scary death laser because that will kill you even if you have rings. It's one of the few things in Sonic that can kill you even if you have rings. And then yeah, once that boss is dead, then you get Amy back. And then that takes you to the last zone, which is Metallic Madness. Which I honestly am not that big of a fan of just because it's really long. Yeah, it is really long. But luckily by that point you have all the time stones or whatever, so you don't even have to worry about getting a good future. And this is the one with the shrinky thing. Yeah, that's the one that has the uh, the level mechanic of having the the shrinking Sonic. Yeah, it's super cute. And then in the Christian Whitehead version, there's also shrinky tails and shrinky knuckles. Oh. Yeah, because in the the Christian Whitehead port, you can play as tails and knuckles, Sonic CD. Well, they did that um later in Mania though. Yeah. Uh, actually, wait. Maybe you might not be able to play as knuckles. It might just only be tails. I might be misremembering. Um, too long. It has been. I've, it's been a hot minute since I played the Christian Wyatt version. Funnily enough, as a kid, I didn't own that on console. I owned that on mobile. I played the mobile version back when it came out, and then I think I have it on Steam. The other interesting thing, this is a totally personal experience regarding Metallic Madness, but my specific copy of Sonic CD for the Sega CD... I've owned I've owned a Mega Drive and I've owned a Sega CD or maybe not I haven't owned a Sega CD my whole life but I have owned a Mega Drive and a 32X. I used to have a Sega CD but then it broke, so my dad threw it away. So I had to buy a new one. And Sega CDs aren't exactly the cheapest things, 
But because I used to have a Sega CD, I have owned a copy of Sonic CD for the Sega CD for a very long time. And because of that, I was a kid. I was like a really little kid. Not exactly the best caretaker of fragile media formats such as CDs. So obviously my copy of Sonic CD is a little on the rough side condition-wise. It's a loose copy. I don't have the case. And because of that, there's this huge-ass scratch on the CD right, I guess, on the part of the CD where Metallic Madness's music plays. Because Metallic Madness's music is just busted on my copy of the game. Which doesn't really upset me too much because the US version Metallic Madness is really boring. Really boring song. But it is just interesting. So for me personally, Metallic Madness is always just this really quiet zone. Because the music's broken. That it reminds play. me of uh, something that happened to a uh, bird CD I had for uh, Pokemon the first movie soundtrack. Um, really? Yeah, the track 5 was the one by Aaron Carter, and somehow the CD like got damaged or something, so that all of the instruments from track 5 leaked into track 6. Yo! And so track 5 had like no instruments. Nice! But yeah, That's I've dope. never heard anyone with a similar problem. That's really funny, actually. But yeah, that was that's my kind of personal experience with uh, Metallic Madness. But uh, what I personally relate that stage to is just silence and broken music. And then the final boss where that's like this weird Eggman, but with like four weird things. And if you, you hit it four times, each time it uh, it gets hit, it loses one of its weird little. What even do you? Or like house shaped, like. Things. So I see these bosses are weird, dude. It's the Xbox <laughs> it pretty much is. The bosses for that came over. And then that's it. That's all the zones. Yay. Sonic Seed. Yay! Uh, all the zones very roughly described by us. Very roughly. Is there anything else we haven't really. Oh, the special stages! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think about the special stages? Well, it was Sonic like 3D. a pseudo 3D, and you run around and hit Yeah, you run around and you get the UFOs. Why were they UFOs? It was probably just cool. I mean, yeah, but, like, I always, like, I guess going back to personal experiences. So I did say previously that I had a Mega Drive and a 69. No, I said that I owned Sonic CD loose. That was semi-true. I actually did still have the manual for Sonic CD for the Sega CD, and I lost it somewhere, and I'm freaking upset that I lost that. But you know, whatever, I was like, I can't fault like six to seven year old me for losing a paper manual for a game I didn't even have the ability to play at the time. But anyways, as a kid, I would read that manual a little bit, just to see what the hell Sonic CD even was. And I remember reading about the, the special stages, and I was like, yeah, break the UFOs. And I'm like, what? I'm like, there's Sonic fighting aliens in this game. Usually, special stages just collect rings, or like, get blue spheres, or whatever. But, in this one, it's like, yeah, break the UFOs. It's just weird. The UFOs don't even look like Sonic enemies, either. They just look like actual, like, UFOs. I guess they look kind of a very, very, very strange. And, yeah, that was, the special stages are, like, all Sonic special stages, just a way to show off the hardware, because got that Sega CD rotation and scaling to do the ground. Very not dissimilar to Super Nintendo's Mode 7 was one of the features of the Sega CD, was to be able to rotate and scale things. So they showed that off with the special stage. And it, you know, it honestly looks cool. I honestly like the special stages in Sonic CD, even if they are kind of broken. <laughs> Uh, not really, like, on a programming way, but just, like, a lot of my experiences doing the special stages in Sonic CD just usually involve just wrestling with the controls. Because there's always that one UFO that's, like, really fast and jittery that always gets right out of your way. And if you touch any water, if you touch any liquid for some reason, it just, like, kills your time. But if you go under, like, 20 seconds, I think a time-extending UFO shows up in the very middle of the special stage. Ooh, so pretty know. much how that special stage works is you just kind of camp around the middle until the time-extending guy shows up again. 
and then you break it, and then you get like 15 more seconds, and you spend that 15 seconds trying to chase the one stupid jittery fast one. The jittery fast one's also like always over water, like 90% of its loop, and you're just like, ugh. But you know, it's still fun anyways. It's just fun to play. Those special stages. And I guess with that, there are really only... There are really... Well, I mean, technically there are two more things we could still talk about that are exclusive to Sonic CD. The first thing is obviously we could talk about the uh, the little bonus unlockables. Because, surprisingly, if you play Sonic CD and you get all the Chaos Emeralds and you get all the good ending, or the Time Stones, my bad, and you get the good ending, you technically haven't actually 100% of the game. And I honestly recommend you try this if you ever do. If you ever boot up Sonic CD again. If you've already beaten the game, you can go to the Time Attack. The Time Attack basically has all of the default time set to 10 minutes. So, like, the total time is, like, some ridiculously long number. It's, like, two hours total, like, total best time. And I think if you can get that total best time down in the time attack, you unlock bonus features. And those bonus features, if I recall correctly, you get the DA Garden, whatever the hell that means, which is just, like, a weird little picture of Little Planet that kind of spins around. I think you can listen to the music of the game through there. Basically, it's just like a little sound test. And then the other thing that you can unlock, like a video viewer to view the FMVs. And the FMV viewer has a special, unique FMV clip called like the, uh, it's like this drawing test. It's a pencil test, I believe, that has its own unused animation from the intro. So that's cool. Well, there's also um, those uh, secret screens. Yes, that's what I was about to say. Uh, the second thing that we can talk about is, yes, those screens in the, if you did the cheat code to access the developer sound test in the game from the title screen, and you put in certain codes, there are secrets in there. First is if you put all three of them as sevens, if you do seven, 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 you find a secret eighth special stage, and the background's a giant Eggman head. And I don't think you get anything if you beat it. But it's cool. It's just a secret bonus special stage. I have no idea why they programmed that in. I actually don't know why they programmed any of these extras in. But they did. And then the secret images. Should we just talk about the, the big one first? Just talk about the big <laughs> Just gonna talk about the big one first. I don't know the codes because I'm not that much of a Sonic encyclopedia. But if you do type in a certain one, you will get a screen with tons and tons of weird-looking Sonics with face like human-esque faces. You get a bunch of weird human-faced Sonics holding their fingers up with three spikes on their head. And you get a Japanese message that says, Tanoshisa, and then an infinity mark, and then Sega Enterprises. I believe at the bottom it says Majin. Majinka, which means the artist. Basically, it translates to fun is infinite, Sega Enterprises. And then Majin is the artist. And because Majin also, I think, means devil. I don't know for sure, but... Basically, people think it's spooky, especially because it plays the boss music. Yeah, it plays the boss music while the image displays, which I guess is supposed to be comedic in a way. If you're playing the Japanese version, but because in the US version, the boss music is goddamn terrifying. The picture has kind of sort of gained this cult creepypasta following. I mean, it makes sense, considering you have some weird-looking Sonics that look... I mean, the overall the overall color palette is a very dark color palette. Sonic obviously looks creepy. His eyes are darkened out. He's got a human smile. I think there were some... People saying that the Fun is Infinite screen is an anti-piracy screen that shows up also if you try to play a pirated copy of the game. But I don't know if that's actually true or just it's just supposed to be a secret. Yeah, it might have been just a rumor. Yeah, I think it's just a rumor. But it does make sense for it to become a creepypasta, kind of everyone's favorite little fun creepy glitch. Or maybe not glitch, more like secret. Because, yeah, you got a creepy Sonic, you got a bunch of them. You got text in a language most people that 
saw it with the creepy music, don't understand. You got creepy music. Overall, it kind of makes it a sort of chilling little secret. But, on all honesty, it's a rather harmless image. Yeah, like a lot of and these are it, quite fun, honestly. Yeah, and then the second image is the secret one. I guess we'll do the next kind of creepiest one, and that is the Batman one. The fun is infinite screen. Like, at least you can make the argument that it was like a, like a, like an anti-piracy screen. I don't know why they made this image. It's cool. It, I mean, sure. It just, like, now that I actually think about it, it's just like, why? So, I guess for those that don't know, um, the image in question is there's another secret image where it's also a dark blue color palette but instead you get to see a cloudy background with in the background the words sonic the hedgehog and in the foreground we got an extremely muscular batman-esque sonic just standing there looking down and it just why the other grits there is one with MC Sonic, the fastest DJ. It was uh, very funny. That one, yeah, I always like that one too. That one's really funny. And Eggman says, "Can I kick it?" And Eggman's like this kind of like Rastafari DJ because he's got like this rainbow beanie. And Metal Sonic's holding a mic, just standing there. And you got MC Sonic. I honestly really like that image. That's obviously like the reason why that exists, is just because people making they're just they're just drawing fun images, you know, fun secret images. And then there's two more left. There's one where it shows this rather cute chibi Sonic by uh, San Chanzu as the artist, I guess. Just reading the freaking thing. And it's just a beige background. You got your really cutesy chibi Sonic. And in Japanese, it says, You are kuru, which just is, You are cool! <laughs> but it's surprisingly not in katakana. It's in hiragana, which is kind of weird, but... Because katakana is usually... Alright, mini Japanese lesson. Katakana is a type of writing used for foreign words. So, writing something like you are cool and have it be pronounced you are cool in Japanese would normally be written in katakana. Hiragana is usually for normal, like, native words from Japan. So, you are cool being written like that in hiragana is weird. But you know what? They did it anyways. I don't know. Japanese lesson over. Eh, maybe uh-huh. I thought it would be cute. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But let's just say you are cool. Thank you, Sonic. And then lastly, there is a picture of Tails with a kind of photorealistic car that says, see you next game. I would thought as well was quite cute as well. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I like the goggles. And it's signed by Judy Totoya, which I do remember back in the early days of the internet, everyone thought it meant Toyota because there was a car. (laughs) This one's interesting because Tails does not show up at all. In Sonic CD, but he is in this secret image. And the see you next game sort of is trying to, I guess, hint at the next Sonic game. I do believe that this image is a sneak peek, sort of like a a little teaser to foreshadow Sonic Drift. Because I think that was coming out soon. It had cars, it had tails. Didn't have Judy Totoya, though. I don't know who that is. But, you know, oh, I just noticed the uh, the license plate on the car is Miles. Oh, I couldn't really read that. Yeah, it looks like it kind of just says, like, hills. <laughs> but I think it's supposed to say Miles. I think you're right. I didn't notice that. I literally didn't notice that either, actually. That's very first. Look at that. And, yeah, I think with that, we have exhausted everything there was to say about Sonic CD. Oh no, we forgot the scrap stage. Oh! The, uh... Wait, what do you mean? From the, the remake? Thing. Yeah. Well, that's another... That's a secret, but that one wasn't in the... I guess, alright, yeah, sure. So basically, if you do the... If you unlock Sound Task in the Christian Whitehead port, not in the originals, this image was not in the original game on the Sega CD or the Gems Collection version, only in the Christian Whitehead version. There's another one that shows a screenshot of a desert level which is signed by CW, which is Christian Whitehead. Also, wait, Majin does not mean devil. Okay, cool. As I was saying, uh, it's a desert level, 
because in Sonic CD's mobile port, they were going to add a new level called Desert Dazzle. It's going to be a desert level. They were going to put it in the Christian Whitehead port of Sonic CD, but Sega wanted the game to be as wholeheartedly accurate to the original game as possible, so they said no. So Christian Whitehead left that secret image in as a little bonus for kind of what could have been. Well, but I think that it was level known beforehand that there was going to be a desert stage, is like stage two, but it got scrapped. I think you could see maybe like a concept art or. I have no idea if that's a Sonic CD thing or a Sonic Two thing. God, Sonic development's complicated. And then the level that was going to be Desert Dazzle did eventually become Mirage Saloon in Sonic Mania. So we did eventually get to play that level. That part also could be uh, Dust Hill Zone. Yeah, but Dust Hill Zone is... But you're right, it does uh, have exactly the same background as Desert Dazzle. There you go. Yeah. Hello, it's Holcast again. I was just re-editing this episode and I thought I would uh, record a little thing just to clarify what I meant by this. So, it turns out I got confused between the two unfinished levels in Sonic CD. That's right, there were two unfinished levels, and it turns out that what I was thinking of was not the desert level, but something else. So I guess what happened was, way back when, I was looking into this game for some project, and I noticed that people were talking about this unfinished scrapped desert level that you could see on the world map and things like that, but I haven't found anything about this in the original game, so I think it must just be for the remake. And I didn't quite read it properly, or there wasn't enough information or something like that, but I was not, in fact, thinking of the Desert Level. The Desert Level Desert Dazzle was for the remake. It was not in the original game. It was just something that Christian Whitehead wanted to do. It didn't end up in the game, as JT said. What I was thinking of was a different scrap level that was from the original game. It doesn't have a name. It's not a desert level. It's just called R2, as in round 2, because the levels skip from round 1 to round 3, and there's no actual level 2 in the game files. So, this scrap level, which is just called R2, seems to be sort of similar to Aquatic Ruin. It's like this overgrown, ruined area. We know very little about it, but parts of it are in the animated opening, we think, <laughs> because there's an area in the animated opening that doesn't correspond to any level of the game, so we can assume that this is R2, or maybe a different concept of R2. So yes, there were two different scrap levels of the game. There's R2 from the original game, and there's Desert Dazzle from the remake. And yeah, that's it. That's it for Sonic CD. Oh! we Actually, there's one last thing we could say about Sonic CD. If you wait for doing nothing for three minutes, Sonic leaves and you get instant game over. <laughs> she says, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I think this is the first time Sonic has ever had a voice. And so. he literally says, yeah, when he gets a life. And then, I'm out of here, when he jumps off and gives you an instant game over. It's uh, not worth waiting for that. <laughs> it really is not. I don't even know why they programmed that in, but, you know, it's kind of the quirky things like that that make Sonic CD still worth playing, in my opinion. Because it's definitely not a perfect Sonic game. There's definitely a lot of weird design problems. Some of the levels are uninspired. Level design's a little weird. The game doesn't really know what to do with itself most of the time. But I think it just still has that charm. I think that's why a lot of people liked it. It's just because it was a very charming Sonic game. It is very charming. But yeah, I mean, if anyone wants to play it, it's available on Steam and mobile. I would say it was available on modern consoles, but actually I think it does work on Xbox One through the Xbox 360 backwards compatibility. And I guess by proxy, Xbox Series X, because that all freaking backwards compatible with each other and it goes into itself and ugh. Yeah, that's why you have an Xbox Series X so you can play Sonic CD. Yeah, buy an Xbox Series X, you can play Sonic CD in 4K. I do hope Sega kind of brings the port to something like the Nintendo Switch, but I obviously don't think they will. I think in general, this gen is kind of lacking in Sonic ports. They haven't really done anything since gens. Yeah. 
And I guess also, yeah, if you guys still, if anyone still has a GameCube lying around, then obviously you can still play the game on the GameCube Three Gems Collection. But who the hell still has a GameCube lying around? Um, I do believe it emulates well on Dolphin, though, so. You got that. I can't think of a suitable Sonic quote to finish things with. I'm out of here! <laughs> Sorry, we we don't we don't meant to run any ads, but uh, we're not doing it, making anything from. <laughs> I wish we did. Soon we will. Mm. We are planting the seeds with this one semi semi professional beginning of a podcast. We'll, we'll look back at this in however long and be like, "Wow, that was a terrible episode." Oh, absolutely. We'll look back at this, like, three years, four years from now, if we're still doing this, we're going to be like, how did we think this was okay? But you know what? That's how everything starts. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to do it. It's going to be great.